0: Good morning. Seven o'clock on a Sunday morning means that it is time for the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. And, you know, my voice you are used to hearing. This is Adia Hayden. um, First show of the year. But we are missing um, our famed leader and host of the program, Reverend Mitchell Johnson. Reverend Johnson is actually on a plane right now. He's headed to Jackson, Mississippi where he will be addressing the Mississippi Black Caucus of Local Elected Officials. To talk more about Justice 40 um, and the great work that comes with that, the federal government, um, Joe Biden, had signed an executive order for Justice 40 to mandate that 40 percent of federal agency dollars goes to disadvantaged communities. Um, and so we need to make sure that folks in these communities are applying for dollars and getting the resources that they need to continue to do the great work at the ground floor that they are doing for their communities. Um, so it is just me today, but I will be joined by some guests later on. They are Alderman William Hall from the 6th Ward. And from the 28th Ward, we will have Alderman Jason Irvin on the phone, on the line a little later on um but in the meantime in between time we can continue to chat i say we meaning me about everything that is going on at the local level um, as well as at the national level local level we have um, some snowstorms coming in um, as well as some other great things happening here in the city of chicago from a sports perspective, from a community organization perspective, um, all great things happening here. We do have, I believe, our first guests coming in, calling in, we will give them a moment to join, um, but yes, here we are. We're going to talk about all things happening in the city today, all across the city, um, starting with the south side we have from the sixth ward as promised alderman william hall Uh, welcome to the program alderman hall
1: well first thing first i want to say thank y'all y'all gave me about 15 station numbers but i'm
0: thankful (laughs) (laughs) and well you found the right one we found you and here we are how are you doing this morning
1: well it's a joy it's the first sunday of the year y'all so you know that means communion so i'm happy to uh, be at home uh, my in my church where i 've been pastoring for going on eleven years now, and uh I'm looking forward to just having a good time at church and it 's off to a good year this year in the war too
0: yeah, fantastic so you 've been an alderman for just about a year coming up on your year anniversary how's that been
1: well you know don 't give me too many months yet, but now it's it's been the first we're going on eight months and uh, to be honest with you it's been a humbling experience of um, the experiences the conversations, the people I've met. Um, Now, mind you, I've lived on the same block for 39 years, and I've learned more in eight months than I have in 38 years as a resident. And so I'm just grateful. It's just a humbling experience to help people and to learn. And like I said, sit under some of these wisdom trees, it's a lot of wise people in the Sixth Ward.
0: Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, And so how have you been able to have those conversations? What um enabled you to do that now where when you were a resident you know walking down the street talking to your neighbors what makes this different
1: yeah you, they, people need something from you <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're people calling need, you <laughs> yeah, it, it, <laughs> right it, dip, it hit different when you the pothole man the curb <laughs> yes. man the street man the light man the police man get my kid the college man but no beyond those uh requests which are um, part of the job. It's the expectation. Uh, but in addition to constituent services and needs, there's been a lot of dialogue about the things that have been going on downtown, uh, mm-hmm. the legislation. Uh, and this is a ward of voter accountability. Um, this is a ward in which we've held high our older persons. I mean, we go all the way back to uh, the second mayor of the city of Chicago comes from this ward, the one and only Eugene Sawyer. Um, and may he always rest in peace and well his son, uh, Alderman Empire to me, uh, she's now uh, a judge doing a great job for Gene Lyle. So the list goes on and on. Judge John Steele comes from this ward. So this is a ward <laughs> where historically the uh, residents and the Chicagoans that lived on this side of town had questions. They needed answers. So that's what this role is about. It's also about being educated and being uh, informative to the, to the residents.
0: Sure. And how important for you was it to have that physical location to open your office in order to reach those constituents and have them have a place to reach you?
1: Yeah, it was It was important. You know, the thing is that uh, times have changed and uh, negotiating contracts uh, took way longer than expected. We had some bad we had some bad contractors, man. And we had some um, interesting uh, moments finding an office. It took us uh, five months.
0: Oh, we are having a little bit of technical difficulties. It seems the alderman uh, dropped. Oh, hello. Are you back?
1: There we go. Alderman Hall, yes. Yeah. (laughs) No, but uh, as I was saying, I mean, the times have changed. You know, myself, uh, about three other uh, aldermen were still downtown. Um, I was, matter of fact, uh, I was the next to last person that left downtown. Just think things have changed. And so once we found a place uh, literally on the same block as my predecessor, um, things have really drastically changed. Prior to even moving into our um, office on 80th and King Drive, we were still servicing people downtown. And we decided to overcompensate. I did uh, what I call walk a Mondays. I walked throughout the neighborhood uh, while we were you know, in preparation for our office. Uh, We did three community meetings. Um, I made myself available for uh, ward nights throughout the ward. And so even without the brick and mortar, my office has always been, it will always be the streets because that's where the people are. And now that we're on um, King Drive, there are those who do walk in. So, you know, drop off notes or, you know, if I'm open and available, just come in and talk. And so it's been, like I said, it's been a humbling experience, but I'm grateful and humbled by this time we're in.
0: Fantastic. Um, And you mentioned doing work not only in your ward, but downtown and in service to Chicago as a whole. Uh, You went on a trip in October down to Texas. Can you tell our uh, listening and viewing audience a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, downtown, I mean, we've had the most uh, city council committee meetings in the first six months than any other uh, city body as recorded, as I've been told. I mean, we had special meetings, meetings within 48 hours after that meeting, Uh, meeting on meeting because we are dealing with a uh, border crisis that has spilled over to our city. And uh, having gone down to El Paso, uh, Texas, San Antonio, Texas, listened to those mayors, had an opportunity to sit with Homeland Security, Uh, just so many different federal partners um, down in um, down in Texas to examine this up close and personal. I'm glad that I went. You know, uh, third-party information is not the best. I was taught, raised by my father, that if you get the opportunity to sit at the table, you go down, you sit down at that table. And so going to the border, I was able to learn firsthand the process, uh, step-by-step what go- goes on uh, in the, the process of uh, people seeking asylum and it was humbling. Um, What I mean by that is to see so many kids without parents. Parents haven't died or parents just gave up.
0: Once again. (laughs) Alderman Hall, yes. (laughs) Alderman Hall, are you back with us?
1: Yeah, Now that's me. I got all my bars. Somebody hate those. Yes. But no, to see so many kids uh, at the border without parents and then to go into these Uh, huge white tents, which are essentially mobile uh, federal police stations to see that many people uh, in these observation rooms, um, clothes taken away, um, given jumpsuits Mm -hmm. um, and whatever items we deem as not uh, a threat to our national security, learning how so many people get to Chicago. And that being the fact that number one, there are so many family members here, so when people are crossing the border going through our security checkpoints, they're coming to reach family members they're coming to reunite with their family members as they start the natural, uh, nationalization uh, process naturalization process i'm sorry uh, i e seeking the citizenship. And then there are those who are seeking um, asylum because of political our refuge because of the conditions in their country are horrible. And so this is a ju- judicial system um, that is makeshift. And this is what we are dealing with in Chicago. Our people are coming to this city because they're seeking asylum. They are following the the international law that they're guaranteed mm-hmm. with the government that has supported this. And so, I mean, it's mayhem. As we see now, the governor of Texas is sending uh, bodies all over the state and uh, just creating a havoc to score political points. But moreover, we also see a Congress that is not doing their job to get some common sense border policy. So thank you, Alderman Paul. Yes,
0: and the music in the background is letting us know that it is time to take our first commercial break. Uh, we will get yeah. into some more on, you know, the migrant crisis here in Chicago on the other side of this commercial break. This is the My Community Plan Foundation Hour, and we'll be right back after these station messages.
2: Are you a homeowner or a senior, disabled, or a veteran? You may be eligible to save money on your property taxes right now. Hi, I'm Fritz Kage, your Cook County Assessor. Applying for property tax savings is easy and free at cookcountyassessor.com. Review your eligibility, receive in-person assistance, or apply right now for property tax savings at cookcountyassessor.com. That's cookcountyassessor.com.
3: It all starts with one meal, one cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Columbia, Zakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self reliant. Visit Zakat.org for more information. That's Z A K A T.org.
4: Hi, my name is Dr. Nicole Williams with the Cook County Physicians Association. Did you know that Medicaid is covered for an entire year after you've had your baby? The year after you've had your child can be almost as dangerous as pregnancy itself. Make sure to see your healthcare provider and get the care you need and deserve.
0: Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. This is your host for today, Adia Hayden, and with me, joining me on the line, is Alderman William Hall of the Sixth Ward. Welcome back to the program, Alderman.
1: Thank you again for having me. Uh, this is, like I said, this is important, and I love the, uh, love the space to do it, so thank you, and thank you to uh, everyone in the studio that's making this happen today.
0: Much appreciated. So we were uh, before the break talking a bit about the migrant crisis here in Chicago, some of the causes and what's going on in Texas that, you know, creates the reality we see today on the streets. But I was also curious if you could add a little bit about how your background as a pastor might make you more compassionate or what kind of skills do you think uh, that has given you to flex into this space as an alderman?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, again, you know, Congress DC, politics, uh, governor in Texas, brutal, hum, uh, inhumane, treatment of human life, right? Like that's the, the the core that we forget about this. These are human beings. And, you know, I look at my colleagues in city council, some of my colleagues' parents had to do the same fight uh, to simply find refuge in in, in America via Chicago. And so, I mean, this is a long lasting issue. Uh, America is not broke.
0: The uh, cell towers are out to get us today, this morning. Hello, Alderman.
1: You know, you know what? You know what? I'm going a, I'm to a call uh, AT&T, TomCast, all yes. the, Uh call them to committee. But no, I mean, at, at the core of this, this is human life and dignity matters. And, you know, this country has had some very interesting moments in human history with human life. But this is the work that we ought to do um, through the lens of not just the church, not just through legislation, but just kind-hearted people. When I looked through my faith uh, just this past month, we, we looked at the Christmas story. You know, Jesus was under asylum. He was seeking asylum. The government tried to kill him. In addition to that, kill all black babies. Boys that were born, right? I mean the bible is is a is a book, but shows the power of compassion in the midst of government chaos. You mm-hmm. know, Jesus was a man who served against uh the grain, he served the poor and challenged the government to to do right and so going down to the border, having been now, this is my fourth trip. This one as an elected official prior to that, I took uh Congressman Jackson before he was elected, he and I went down with an 18-wheeler, with the encouragement and support of Reverend Jackson, Rainbow Push, uh, in the midst of the first humanitarian crisis in which we saw babies behind behind cages, sleeping on floors. We brought an 18-wheeler, walked across the border to Juarez. And so at the core of this is if you took away the border, right, and let's just say we were a borderless country amongst nations, can we not feed those who are hungry? -hmm. Do we not clothe those who are naked? Can we not provide roof? There's enough to go around. We just not we need not be caught in stingy policies as well as stingy funding. But at the core of this though, that we oftentimes forget there are also people in our own country who have been forgotten about so the moral tension is how do we unlock resources for everybody we have unhoused here in chicago we have those who come across the border who need homes together everybody ought to uh, have a roof over their head and a pillow to rest on and we haven't seen this amount of compassion and in, in especially around this issue Uh, In decades in this country. Right. And even in our administration, you know, I support uh, I'm grateful for our mayor um, who came into office on May the 16th, having not a budget line, the first for this crisis. Mm -hmm. Again, not a budget line. The first and having Rob Peter to pay Paul to say, hey, let's make sure we open up mental clinics as well as provide a meal for those who are crossing the border. Let's make sure that our schools are properly funded. At the same time, let's make sure that we have a shelter so that people are not sleeping on police station floors. Let's make sure that the recidivism rate drops. And that we invest in the Office of new uh, Reentry. This is a brand new office funded in our budget now for those who are coming out of jail. While at the same time, let's make sure that our neighborhood schools are up, uh, running well to welcome those who are looking for education because they did not have it in the countries in which they come from. So it's a both and responsibility. And uh, it's been a labor of love and it's been difficult at times. But we're doing the best that we can with what we have.
0: Thank you. And, Alderman, I want to go back to something you said earlier about getting government to do right. And, you know, that comes through with having compassion. But, you know, a lot of times we see governments and contracts that are motivated by the financial reasons behind it. And, you know, what makes dollars and what makes sense. And, you know, trying to have that both and conversation when we're also dealing with limited resources and also folks who want to take some of those resources for themselves yeah. how do you juggle that room with multiple stakeholders with competing priorities
1: and, and you know the thing is this right the poor have never been a priority mm-hmm. right my faith says jesus said i come to bring good news to the poor." Set the captives free. When we look at budgets, especially in governments, right, the first cuts that are oftentimes made are those cuts in budgets that affect the poor. I'm I'm in a ward right now, and different wards across Chicago have been impacted by no schools, right? We have blocks on blocks of empty homes that have been empty due to the fact that we've taken away education. We've taken taken away health care. We've taken away in the lens of health care quality grocery stores, right? We've taken away jobs. So you ex you you take that those resources the bare minimum in order to be um, a contributing citizen but also to have a decent life and then tell people in these neighborhoods and city wards behave. Mm-hmm. Then you put together a budget which is a moral document to say we're going to cut out mental clinics. We're going to cut out um, social service support, i.e. Um, um, the, the, the wraparound services needed for those who are beyond the classroom. Did we know uh, and have we not forgotten that 20 percent of kids that go to Chicago public schools are unhoused? Mm -hmm. So all of these things we see left and right that are a result of, number one, greed in this country. And so um, budgets are moral documents, and we must always uphold the human needs of human life, because if you take away the mere fact of the matter that, Industries were built in these neighborhoods. Let's take the Sixth Ward, for example, right by the historical Simeon. When you go down the Sands, you hook a left. Right there, we had at one point in the city of Chicago, in this ward, we built the biggest tires and the most tires. We had glue fi- factories. We had railroad. We had now Reggio's Pizza is there, right? Cell
0: Towers once again. Oh, Reggio's Pizza, hey.
1: Reggio's Pizza. Yeah, Reggio's Pizza right there on 83rd, which is a surviving uh, institute to to show us what uh, industry looked like in the neighborhood. Those are all gone, just one standing, right? And so neighborhoods uh, are a reflection of moral documents, i.e. budgets, that do not make ordinary nine-to-five people a priority. Mm -hmm. And so now with the rise of inflation— now with the challenges that we see in our world policies, international in particular, in which we've written billion-dollar checks for bombs. I'm going to say that again. We've written billion-dollar checks for bombs to be dropped on innocent lives. Upwards of 20,000 have died now in the Gaza. In the name of... Retro- mm-hmm. Alderman
0: Hall. Yeah,
1: in the name of, in the name of retribution, in the name of retaliation, and we funded wars on wars on wars, but yet we have not funded the basic things that we need. And so these documents, uh, um, uh, historically, America has spent so much money on defense and not defending human life. And so that's what we're seeing. Now we're seeing the effects of this. Mm -hmm. Policies that have been in place for 60, 70 years are now beginning to manifest in ways in which now people are upset, people are angry, people are anxious. And though gun violence, for example, in Chicago has dropped drastically, right? We've also seen now petty crimes go up, i.e. robberies, carjackings, because people are just desperate in these times.
0: Mm -hmm. And it seems as though people want to get the community wants to get upset at these reactions and, you know, the effects of what's going on instead of addressing the root problem often. And so, Alderman Hall, it seems like you get it, right? You're you're an elected official. You get it. You got what brought us here. You have the passion and energy to bring us to something new, something different, something better. My question is, how can we get that and extend it to other elected officials? Because this is not your attitude and approach is not the standard. Well, it should absolutely be the standard, but it's not shared by everyone who's an elected official.
1: Well, you know, hold us accountable. One of the things about, you know, uh, my my neighborhood office, which I'm excited about, uh, have been in since September, is that people knock on that door. And we got some questions. And there was a time, if you look at the movement, any movement, progressive movement, civil rights movement. When you look at the movements that changed history, people were held accountable. We went from organizing voter registrations. Saturdays used to be an opportunity. I was talking to Miss Jacqueline Jackson, the daughter of Santita Jackson, mm-hmm. um, the wife of the Reverend Jackson, right? I was talking to her one day, and she was telling me about, you know, times in which they would go over each other's house, put on a, a good Curtis Mayfield record, Marvin Gaye record, pour a little wine, and talk about strategies to move equality down the field walking uh, talking through strategies to make sure that there's equity in grocery stores ie black representation and the list goes on on we went from that type of gathering to social media hangouts Facebook live so we got to get back to the core root of our movement which is number one to identify problems number two to protest number three to change the policies and that's how we've come this far by faith. In some way, somehow, we've gotten drunk into this, uh, we've gotten drunk in capitalism, which has corrupted the hearts of many. And so now people went from um, upholding good character, morals, and values for the sake of uh, stability and, and for the sake of the next generation to now everybody wants to be famous. We want to get on Instagram and create content. So we got to get back to the core tenets of what made the movement the movement. And I'm talking about the human rights movement, the one in which everybody mattered, the one that was echoed in Washington, D.C. by Dr. Martin Luther King that said, let us not be judged by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character. And so we have to get back to the character that's rooted in compassion tenets. And I think that now the season is that because we are seeing more and more people, as much as we see the narrative of, of rise in neighborhoods and urban violence, we also see the narrative of a generation of young lions and lioness who are organizing for things such as Bring Home Chicago, Mm -hmm. in which it should be a guarantee for everybody to have an opportunity to a quality home. Why is that such a foreign idea in that one of the top ten economies in the world, which is in Chicago, yes, and so we see more and more a generation that is hungry to to begin to establish, and I think that we must build bridges and not build content
0: mm fascinating, fascinating, and you know we'll let our uh listening and viewing audience ruminate on those words um you know when you got into capitalism, you really speaking in my language there um because at the end of the day you know folks are motivated by that green dollar bill um so the dollar mus- dollar bill yes. <laughs> the music coming in uh, lets us know it's time for our next commercial break this is the my community plan foundation hour and we'll be right back after these station messages
2: are you a homeowner or a senior disabled or a veteran You may be eligible to save money on your property taxes right now. Hi, I'm Fritz Kagey, your Cook County Assessor. Applying for property tax savings is easy and free at cookcountyassessor.com. Review your eligibility, receive in-person assistance, or apply right now for property tax savings at cookcountyassessor.com. That's cookcountyassessor.com.
3: It all starts with one meal. One cup of fresh water. One generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Columbia, Zakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self reliant. Visit Zakat.org for more information. That's Z A K A T.org.
4: Hi, my name is Dr. Nicole Williams with the Cook County Physicians Association. Did you know that Medicaid is covered for an entire year after you've had your baby? The year after you've had your child can be almost as dangerous as pregnancy itself. Make sure to see your healthcare provider and get the care you need and deserve.
5: Hello, this is Karen Carruthers, my Community Plan Foundation Nutritionist, coming to you today on this awesome Sunday with your generational health tip. I'd like to talk to you about the benefits of eating oatmeal, Oatmeal is naturally and nutritionally rich. It has more protein than most grains, and it also has numerous vitamins and minerals. It contains antioxidants and soluble fiber, and that soluble fiber aids in promoting regular emptying of the bowel and prevents constipation. Also, there's so many different varieties and different ways that you can make oatmeal, oatmeal cookies. You can cook your oatmeal for breakfast in the morning. You can sprinkle a few oats in your morning smoothie. And also make sure you're getting in plenty of water and exercise as well as rest on a daily basis. This is Karen Carruthers, my Community Plan Foundation Nutritionist. Thank you.
0: Welcome back. Welcome back to the other side of the show. This is the My Community Plan Foundation Hour with your guest host, me, Adia Hayden. Uh, With us on the line is Alderman William Hall of the Sixth Ward, Southside Chicago. Alderman Hall, welcome back to the program.
1: Man, I'm I'm excited to be on this morning. I'm grateful, y'all. I'm grateful on the Sunday.
0: Thank you. And, you know, we've learned so much from you already um, and we are going to transition and share a little bit of the time with the program to our next guest. Um, so I was wondering if you had any final words that you wanted to share with the audience. Um, again, you've already dropped so many uh, important things.
1: Uh, yeah, I just want to say again, thank uh, you. Off-
0: yeah, the, including your office phone uh- number uh, so that people can reach you and go on and give us that brand new address as well.
1: Again, I want to express my gratitude to you and the entire foundation for making space for this young, uh, this young elected. Uh, 8050 South King Drive, 8050 South King Drive, Unit 2. Uh, our number is 312 744 6868. 312 744 6868. And I want to say in conclusion uh, let us continue to 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 keep the good work. Uh, Continue to support our leaders that are elected. Hold us accountable, but hold us accountable in love. And in this time and season that we're in, troubled times don't last always. Tough times don't last always. Tough people do. And we some tough, loving people. So let's love tough, let's serve tough, but let's not be tough on each other. God bless y'all. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for joining us early on this Sunday morning. Um, so we are going to now transition into the next half of our show and program with us. We have a you know, history maker, the current mayor of Linwood, uh, Mayor Jada Curry. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, and so I say history maker because you are the first black woman to be elected mayor of Linwood. Am I correct? Linwood, Illinois. That, yes, that's correct. Yes. And how you've been in office for some time now, correct?
6: I've been there for two years and eight months. (laughs) Congratulations.
0: How's that been coming? How is that going?
6: It's been good. It's been good. I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot. Um, We've accomplished a lot and we still have uh, a lot to do.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, And so what are some of the major initiatives that you have going on um, and plans for Linwood?
6: I have been focusing on a few things. Uh, When I initially got into office, I wanted to uh, bring us together as a community and make us feel a little more connected. We were uh, still in the midst of COVID and dealing with all that came with it. And so um, I began this initiative to uh, get the community out, um, to get us to know each other, to encourage us to feel more neighborly, um, and encourage us to work together. And so we started hosting a series of outdoor events, um, which has grown uh, tremendously, and the residents have responded really well to it. I've also been focusing on economic development uh, for the village of Linwood. We are a small community uh, with uh, minimal retail And so um, I've been really putting myself out there and networking, and so we've been able to bring in a few retailers, and we have some more that are looking at us. And then also, um, the last thing would be just focusing on our infrastructure needs, uh, which, you know, just like every community out here, um, we have to do some serious work and repair
0: Interesting. And so when you talk about bringing the community together, you have some uh, well-attended council meetings as well as uh, those community meetings where folks are really coming out and packing the auditorium to hear from you.
6: You know, we we have a a good, steady attendance. uh, But one of the things that I did, because I recognize people are still fearful with um, COVID and people have restructured their lives as I I began to uh, record our meetings. And so I created a YouTube channel. So if you're not able to actually physically come in and attend the meetings, you can watch it. And we've gotten a great response from that.
0: Fascinating. And how important is it to make sure that you have those touch points when you're in a smaller community or, um, you're, you have less people who may or may not be inclined to do so, certain things, how important is it to energize and maintain that sense of community with a small group?
6: It's very important, especially when you have a small community. There's no reason why we shouldn't feel connected. There's no reason why these residents shouldn't be informed. Uh, and, and as human beings, we thrive off connections. And so that is the, what I've seen here in Linwood. The more I put out there, the better the response has been, be it an actual event or even just communications with informing them about what's happening in our village.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you speak about economic development and attracting businesses um, to the area, how does that uh, relate with your day-to-day work? So is it just attracting retailers or making sure that you have the commercial real estate in order for them to come?
6: It's a balance of both. Um, I have said all along that I want residents to leave our borders because they want to, not because they have to. So that means that I have to bring in retailers that supply our daily needs or meet our daily needs. And so um, I've been focusing on bringing food into Linwood and stores into Linwood so that you can go and buy paper towels and toilet tissue and a gallon of milk. Uh, And so we've been able to secure a Dollar General, which is open. Uh, We have a Dunkin' Donuts that uh, will probably be open in the next 30 to 60 days. And so I continue to focus on things like that, um, which will enhance the quality of life for these residents.
0: Yes, and we have another guest on the line (laughs) who may know a Mm -hmm. thing or two about bringing dollars to communities. Uh, Reverend Johnson, welcome to your program.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, dear, I just want to thank you so very much for holding down the fort on this morning. Yes. And Madam Mayor, it's good to hear your voice. And I'm sure um, there's a lot of good stuff in store for your administration. um, I've got a quick question for you, though, if you don't mind. Sure. Have you taken advantage at all of any of the Justice40 dollars, or do you know about the Justice40 initiative?
6: I have not taken advantage of it. I just recently have begun to explore it. So I'm a bit of a novice,
1: um, but I am exploring it. Well, you
7: are talking to a Justice40 technical advisor. Um, Not only am I down here in Mississippi. Advising the Black Caucus of locally elected officials on Justice Forty and how we can work for their communities. I'd love an opportunity to do the same thing with you. I would welcome that conversation. Well, I'm going to ask the engineer to grab your number and then I'll (laughs) reach out to you when we return to Chicagoland. But tell me, I know I heard about the small retail. Um, Are there any other housing stock challenges or? Water lead piping in old housing stock that you'd be interested in remediating?
6: Uh, actually, in Linwood, we don't have lead pipes. Um, so we're fortunate in that. And in terms of housing stock, uh, we are growing tremendously. We have uh, four active subdivisions that are building.
7: Wonderful, wonderful. You can utilize just as $40 um, to build housing for veterans, housing for elderly. And what we like to call income-based housing. So there are all kinds Uh of opportunities available. Uh, We're real excited about your tenure, Real excited about what you bring to Linwood and that
6: community. So we're looking forward to talking with you, Austin. Thank you. Thank you very much. I am excited about this journey. We are doing some good work out here.
8: Well, I'm going to
7: back up now.
8: Reverend, Reverend Johnson, guess what? Your executive director is on the air this morning, Al
7: Kendall. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I am shocked this morning. It's shocked I absolutely am. But I'm also glad that you make time with again early on the Sunday morning. How you doing, big Al?
8: Hey, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in it for the end. But I wanted to get back to the reason I, I came on to make this comment is Mayor uh, Jada Curry, she has two roles. She works on the um, with the regional He's Black, Black Mayoral Caucus in the Marine South Marine Suburban Marine area, Marine and Marine then she works Marine on Marine the statewide state state um, Black elected officials Caucus across the state of Illinois. They just had their inaugural meeting, and Mayor, could you talk about that and your role in in helping to put that together?
6: Sure. I am the uh, vice president of the Southland Regional Mayoral Black Caucus, and um, that is a an assignment that brings me a tremendous amount of joy um, because we are working together with other African-American mayors to better our communities and to make sure that we are sharing knowledge and that we are working together to make collective asks of our partners in Springfield. And then um, we recently launched the Illinois uh, leg of the National Black Caucus of Local Elected Officials. Um, I came to know of NBC Leo a uh, little over a year ago when I attended a conference and I had a chance to see nationally what these elected officials were doing. And so um, Mayor Nathaniel Booker from Maywood and I got together and decided we were going to bring that to illinois and so we brought our african american um local elected officials together for an evening where we talked about the expectations our asks and the need for us to work together collectively across the state uh, and then to get out and explore what's happening in the country so that we could bring those resources back to our communities.
7: madam mayor i gotta tell you that is almost divine order i am actually um working with that very same group down here in Mississippi. That's exactly why I'm not in the studio, addressing okay. the uh, Black Caucus uh, local elected officials, NBC Leo in Mississippi. How about that?
6: Nice. You're down there with Aaron. Actually, um,
7: uh, Councilwoman Delgado from Hattiesburg is the okay. individual who invited me down after both Forest okay. County and Hattiesburg, Mississippi, um, began putting together their projects for uh, under the Justice 40 monarchy.
6: Very nice.
7: All right, all right. I think Hattiesburg is going to lift up about one and a half billion dollars.
6: And we look forward to
0: what comes out of Cook County and the greater Chicagoland area. Um, our next section, just to remind all of us, is our action section. So after this commercial break, we will come back with some tips that our viewers can use. This is the My Community Plan Foundation Hour, and we'll be right back after these station messages.
2: Are you a homeowner or a senior, disabled or a veteran? You may be eligible to save money on your property taxes right now. Hi, I'm Fritz Kage, your Cook County Assessor. Applying for property tax savings is easy and free at cookcountyassessor.com. Review your eligibility. Receive in-person assistance or apply right now for property tax savings at Cook That's County Assessor.com.
3: It all starts with one meal, one cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief. Education and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Columbia, Zakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self-reliant. Visit zakat.org for more information. That's Z-A-K-A-T dot org.
4: My name is Dr. Nicole Williams with the Cook County Physicians Association. Did you know that Medicaid is covered for an entire year after you've had your baby? The year after you've had your child can be almost as dangerous as pregnancy itself. Make sure to see your health care provider and get the care you need and deserve.
0: Back. Welcome back to the final segment of the Mike community Plan Foundation Hour. With us on the line, we have the mayor of the village of Linwood, uh, Madam Jada Curry. Welcome back to the program. Thank you. And we also have with us in studio our, you know, executive producer,
8: <laughs> Al Kendall. Good morning, morning, morning.
0: <laughs> uh, mayor Curry, uh, this is our action uh, section action segment action item segment Um, and so we want to make sure that we are leaving our audience with some useful tips with some concrete information but before we give them some information we did want to just circle back on justice 40 Um, and so i know reverend johnson would love to meet with you additionally on some justice 40 information to make sure that we are taking advantage of the federal dollars that are available Mm mm-hmm and that. then after that, we will have you back on the program, back in studio, even maybe to talk a little bit about how that's transformed your community and the impact that that's had. Because we are all about receipts here and not just talking about, you know, the information on the front end, but coming back to measurable impacts as well. Um, and so I wanted to ask about what's going on in Linwood. Are there any events coming up, uh, any opportunities for the people to gather and come together?
6: We're always hosting events in Linwood. Um, in the winter, we actually tend to slow things down a little bit um, just to give us an opportunity to reset and plan for spring. But uh Off the top of my head, Um, I think what we have coming up is uh, just uh, a few senior events. We love to do bingo with our seniors. They love to come out for it. Um, They are an absolute riot. Um, And then we have some um, Coffee with the Cops events coming up. And that will lead us into our spring where we start getting into more of our outdoor events. We do things like Linvenia, which is our version of Ravinia. And um, we have Linwood Fest. We do movies in the park. Um, We do a couple of luncheons. Uh, We have a couple more um, coffee with a, uh, and it's going to be an elected official, uh, chief police, fire chief. So the list goes on and on. I'm happy to share our calendar with you. It makes me exhausted when I look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: Well, hopefully they don't have you at 100% of those events. Um, But where can folks get uh, that calendar and where can they reach you? Uh,
6: They can log on to our website. It's linwoodil.us.
0: Okay. linwoodil.us. And I imagine there's a calendar tab That's routinely updated, so, you know, we can make it to the Coffee with the Cops event.
6: Absolutely.
8: (laughs) Well, Mayor, before you go, I wanted to check in on when are your city council meetings?
6: Our meetings are every second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m.
8: Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And you say they're televised as well or recorded?
6: They are recorded and uploaded to our YouTube channel.
8: And I understand that on the fourth of February you're gonna have a Valentine's Day on the fourteenth. You're planning to have a Valentine's Day party for the seniors?
6: That is our Valentine's yes gathering. Um they, listen, I have the most active seniors in Linwood. They are active, they're just they're so active that we had to uh create a little club for them, so we call them the Linwood Silver Foxes. Whoa. And <laughs> yeah And they get out and they perform at our festivals. They're in the middle of the dance floor, dancing and singing and mixing and mingling and having a good time. And they give me life, Uh, and so I love to stay connected to them. So yeah, we will be hosting them for Valentine's Day. All
8: right, all right. And how many um, trustees do you have? Six. Ah, that's right, that's right. I think one of my good friends is a trustee there. What does his name begin?
6: Trusty
8: David Lilly. David Lilly. Did
0: you ask the mayor for your friend's name?
8: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't want to be his only um, big booster. But, yes. Uh, David Lilly and I, we worked <laughs> together about 30 or 40 years ago. And so have you been able to, like, bridge some of the uh, digital divide with the youth in the community?
6: You know, if I have to be very honest with you, that continues to be a challenge for us. Uh, Just simply because we were looking for a space where we could host our young people. And then uh, when when it comes to young people, you want to make sure you put the right individuals in front of them, individuals that will keep them engaged. And so for the village, we, we've done things like we've had a youth day in the park. We host our festivals. We create youth zones. But for this upcoming year, I'm really focused on uh, bringing in some more initiatives, be it classes or mentoring programs that will support our young people in addition to us supporting some of the other entities. Uh, for example, there's a church here in Linwood that hosts a summer program. So we're going to support that initiative uh, to, because they are supporting our young
8: people. That would be excellent. And is the those that are in college over at Prairie State, is Prairie State sort of working with you with that, or which college do you work with?
6: Uh, we have a uh, South Suburban, and I've developed a really great relationship with Dr. Stokes over there. Uh, and so we, we definitely, she comes out to support myself. I'm over-supporting her. And, and so as we push these initiatives out, definitely. I know that our local high school also has a great relationship with South Suburban. My son uh, graduated from there last year, and in his, in his senior year, he took a college class with South Suburban. So they're doing good work in supporting our young people.
8: Oh, excellent. Excellent. All right. So we got the digital divide. We talked about that. You got your uh, Valentine's Day party. We know when your your next meeting is. And what's the phone number to the office? Seven
6: zero eight seven five eight six one zero one.
8: Thank you. All righty, righty. It
0: was a pleasure having you on the program, Mayor, Cur- Mayor Curry. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Thank you. Thank you. The pleasure was mine. I'm always excited to get out and talk about the village of Linwood.
0: And we look forward to having you back on the program to not only talk about... Um, justice 40 and its impacts but also to talk more about the national black caucus of local elected officials um you know we have this your connection with illinois reverend johnson's connection with mississippi um, and i'm sure we might be able to get some other chapters involved on that conversation as well um thank you again my pleasure
6: thank you and have a wonderful rest of your day
0: you too um so in these last few minutes we have Al guest uh, co-hosting here on the program. Um so let's let's talk a little bit. I recently saw a video about uh rat race ex- experiments. And so they had two groups of rats. Um the control group was given wide open spaces, you know like a two-story rat penthouse situation. Um and then the other group was living in closed off quarters. Um, and so one of the major conclusions from that study and experiment was that uh, the rats living in closed quarters don't perform the same intellectual functions as those who were in open quarters. So just wanted to get your perspective on, you know, we study human behavior a lot through rats. And so if that translates to people, people who have a lot of wide open space and opportunity to float around tend to lead healthier lives um, versus people who are forced into closed, confined spaces. And we see that, you know, in the management of sometimes public housing. You know, they don't want to give people space because they feel like maybe folks aren't as entitled to it. Um, but just wanted to get your perspective on living in closed quarters versus open spaces.
8: Well, you know, that's, it sort of depends on the condition and where they came from. Mm-hmm. I think too many people living on one another can be a problem, but that's a function of also of how you engineer the environment. Mm -hmm. And then are they, is it contextually created in such a way that is in harmony with the community that's around it, Mm -hmm. um, within that community. But we've learned from all public housing, normally you used to have the corridor, the public housing corridor along State Street, that that became a problem over time, of having like a 1,000 people a building. Mm-hmm. Because when a building's created, it is not only the occupants who are there, it's all the aunts and uncles who decide to come stay there with them. And so when we have large families, so if your community has large families and if each house has five and it's, you know, 500 units of a building, well, you have over a 1,000 people that are there. Mm-hmm. And then that community has to have both the resources as well as the opportunities for that community to stair step to the normal phases of life, mm-hmm. and so living close to one another can work, but you gotta have those wraparound support services within that community, or that community has to be healthy in terms of resources, meaning the median area income. So you know, if you have a uh, a community where is not a strong religious community, where the community is not networked together strongly and then you have a lot of poverty, and then you have individuals who otherwise don't have jobs, well, you're going to then generate perhaps a lot of crime. Mm -hmm. But as you know, when Robert Taylor, State Gardens, and these other areas first opened up, there wasn't that much crime there. Mm -hmm. The residents were able to to get along, but then these were persons who came from a, a rural background, and our communities were stronger, together started out being separated so we worked among one another because we felt as if that we it was us against the world and then when we transitioned into integration all that changed
0: fascinating and i'm sure we'll get into this kind of conversation more especially in the month of february as we go into black history month and talk about black history and all the great things we've done and recognize all the challenges we also have um but this has been great this has been the my community plan foundation hour with guest hosts Dia hayden
8: and al kendall
0: yes thank you uh we wish you all a super fantastic week uh and we'll see you next time